Hello there, welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, aka Uncle Buck. I'm Justin via satellite tonight. <laughs> That's right, we shipped Justin out into outer space. He's gone. Yeah, we're all on the satellite tonight. It is so cold. Uh, just for uh, <laughs> so everyone knows, there was a little bit of a, uh, what, what do they call these things? COVID scare. You know, you got to stay away. Got to trace your oh, steps. Oh, boy. So we're here being responsible as fuck. Don't, That's right. Don't I, fucking talk about us, okay? We did it. I, I traced my hand, and I made a turkey. <laughs> all right? I, 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 yeah. I, I scared myself looking at the turkey. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, so that's what it do. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah, we're coming at you from Skype uh, tonight. We'll adjust him via satellite. He's out in the spaceship cruising. Yeah, that's right. I'm on the Titan Tron uh, in your guys' living room. Uh, yeah, like, it's I, Mon- like it's a Monday night, but it's Tuesday. Uh, I'm back going? here on Smith Manor Farms uh, with with delicious sliced turkey. I have a question. Yes. I'm, uh, this, is a question for, this is a question for Tom. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, I'm, I'm, let me step out. I'm, I'm yeah. going to go change my underwear. Hold on, Will. Uh, Tom, how oh, was your weekend? Well, thanks for asking. That's, uh, <laughs> oh. You know, I, I'm in a different area of my basement than I usually am when recording via satellite because I have a new laptop so when you do laptop stuff yeah um, you may have listened to a previous episode where I was talking about a new laptop I have another new laptop so uh, in fact I've had four since then Um, (laughs) are we sponsored by a a laptop company is there something going on I didn't know about um, well I'm not going to use any names but um, you know there is a bit of a dichotomy happening in the laptop world I'm going to say I've been fighting against one for a while and I ended up settling on Mm -hmm. it oh boy um yeah. And here I am. Is you've this going to get political? Is this going to get wild uh, on us? We're, we're going to stop it before it does. Uh, but yeah. uh, you've heard of people with uh, big hearts uh, before, but Tom's got a yeah, big laugh. Got a big laugh. Uh, yeah, my, it, my it, doctor it, told me i got to watch that. Well, um, I don't have a political but, bone yeah. in my body right now. Listen, Trump's leaving okay. office, and I've never been in more different about anything. I just don't care. We're not getting <laughs> political. We don't do it on the show. <laughs> never happens. Yeah, uh, political bones, uh, a lot of politicians boning people out there. Um, I don't like talking about it. Uh, Me either. But, but uh, I'm glad you're having fun with your new toys, Tom. Thank you. It's, you know, these toys, I need to work. If these toys don't work, then I don't get paid. And if I don't get paid, then I'm like, you know, 10% of our country. Will, what's going on this weekend? Um, huh. I was recording, uh, I, well, it wasn't, I guess you could say about 45% of the vocals of the new artificial brain record. Mm. Believe it or not. Oh, yes, amazing. It yeah, that's I don't know. That's, yeah, you act surprised, guys. So wow. I, 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 they, they were there. Justin this, and Tom were there. They, this they knew I was doing it. Yeah, we, uh, we had the first vocal session for the third artificial brain album. Uh, Justin and Tom were there for moral support. Uh, I appreciate you guys giving me confidence. Um, yeah, well, that, I, that I had I needed. seen, you know? Yeah. If, if, if you haven't been listening to the show that long, I knew Artificial Brain before I knew mm. Artificial Will. Mm. Uh, so, you know, my, although my perception is, is, um, is somewhat demystified, it's still an honor just to be invited to these sessions. Yeah, that yeah, was this, that was uh, enchanted. Yeah, that was one of my favorite bands before I met Will. Now it's <laughs> now it's you know maybe maybe in the top ten. Yeah, now you associate the band with sweatpants and garlic breath. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, don't don't 
Sometimes yeah. you don't want to get to meet your heroes, uh, and I use that word loosely. <laughs> no, we had a grand old time, and uh, I'm very um, uh, excited. Uh, you know, I can't speak to when the stuff will end up being completed and released and all that sort of thing, but just so people know, uh, I'm laying down those vocals. We got a couple of guest vocalists that we're going to uh, uh, tune in with the old uh, internet and put them on the track. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to. You haven't seen collaborations like this. Uh, since Beanie Siegel uh, and Jay Z, early two thousands, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. Um, Amazing. Uh, but uh, you know that, that. So my weekend was wild. I did laundry. Um, yeah, I took my uncle grocery shopping. Got uh, it. Yeah, Got it was. I, I drank Bud Light because uh, I'm I'm not getting any younger. I'm drinking like light watery beer allegedly. Yeah, um, BL killer. Man. Yeah. I gotta take a break from those um, uh, Atlas Brewer, Brewworks uh, beers every once in a while, man. You know, oh, you, wow. you, you gotta moderate. You know, those things are too much of a good thing is, is, is true, a true story sometimes. And, and just shout out to Atlas once again. Although we don't have any beer uh, that we're actively drinking from them, we miss it. So, wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, send oh, boy. It on over. Oh, boy. What a, what a delicious beer. Getting an yeah. Atlas Brew beer is some of the most celebratory things you could do in the nation's capital i i love to uh uh reminisce uh about those times when i was younger and i could i could i could put them down um but listen guys i gotta put a stop to all uh the playboy nonsense going on right here because tonight's guest mm-hmm. we talk about the young people all right uh, we talk about um, people that, that uh, are involved, all this music going on. We got all these different bands going on, recording, recording mm-hmm. studios. Uh, mm-hmm. The young generation of Long Island coming up. What's it all about? I oh. got to stay tuned in. You're making me blush. We're going to talk to one of the younger. The, this guy's younger than you guys. All right, so oh. don't get excited. Oh, I thought uh, it was yeah. good. I thought it was me. Is <laughs> uh, my nephew? <laughs> you and me can talk later, <laughs> but right now I need you to talk. Uh, fuck. <laughs> You and me can talk later, but right now I need you to call up Mark Valentino of the bands Blame God, Stabbed, NYC Shootout, Jab, and Exsanguinated. He's a busy oh. young guy. Get him on the horn. Stabbing and jabbing. Yeah, get on, get him on the jab. All right. Heavy Hole Podcast, this is Big Will. Joining me as always are Justin and Tom, my loyal co-hosts. And tonight's guest is Mark Valentino, a young man from Long Island uh, in many bands. We're going to get into it right now. How you doing, Mark? I'm good. How are you? Awesome, man. Uh, just chilling, trying to get my bearings here uh, with all this uh, technology. I'm glad we got to you on time. Thanks for your time. Hey, th- thank you for having me. Awesome, man. Um, so, Mark... Uh, you play in uh, Blame God, which has been uh, getting out there and making a little bit of noise the last few years. We interviewed some of your bandmates almost like two or three years ago now when we first started. That was one of our first things. Yeah, I remember that. Them outside of Shaker's Pub. Uh, if people want to go back and look at one, I think it was one of the obnoxious noise barbecue podcasts we did way back uh, when we first started this whole thing. We interviewed some of your bandmates. Um, and you got a band stabbed. 
uh, yes. that, that's kind of making some noise now. Maggot Stomp Records just put out the tape. It sold out as Maggot Stomp released the 10th new. Um, so before we get into that and your, your, uh, some hardcore bands you're involved in and some other stuff, uh, let's take it back. Are you originally from Long Island? Yeah, I, I lived on, on Long Island my whole life. Never moved out. Never What's that still like? here. I can say the same. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the uh, the running theme of this show, apparently. <laughs> Not a quitter. You what, know, uh, not leaving yet. Go down with this what, damn uh, ship. Yeah, right. We're, we're we're not we're not stalking you, but uh, but but what part of Long Island? Uh, what town? Uh, I live I live near Mineola. I don't like I don't like talking about like the specific town because it's like a small whatever town no one knows about. Literally, like I'll say it, people are like oh I know where that is or where's that? Is that upstate? Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, I, live, uh, I live close to Mineola. Right, gotcha. Out there in uh, in Nassau County, and I know you work a lot with some of the guys. Um, uh, you know, we've also talked to the guys uh, a while back in. Ha- uh, Agency, um, yeah. and uh, the guys from Rock and Roll Gas Station Studio, right? That's where I'm at right now. Oh, really? Nice. Okay, man. Are those guys there? Are they listening right now in the corner? Uh, no. I honestly, he left for the week. Him and his girlfriend went on like a little bit of a vacation, and I'm just house sitting because I live so close by. Um, and Sam, he's somewhere I don't know. And Doug, our uh, Blame God's guitarist, he lives like five ten minutes away. But it's just me in the studio right now. Oh god, all right. uh, that would have been funny if they all popped out. Yeah, uh, that but been um, funny. Well, because those guys are from a similar part part of Long Island uh, to me, anyway. Um, but but before we get into that, maybe are you from a musical family or a family that's in any way partial to, to rock, uh, hardcore, metal? Um, fifty percent, yes, and that fifty percent being my dad, because uh, he's been playing guitar since he was very young, and he's. He's the one who got me into all this kind of stuff, and my mom, she's just like a music enjoyer, but like she's not as plugged in. Oh, okay. So when you talk about your dad, what kind of stuff was your dad playing? Um, he he was more into like the '80s shreds, like kind of stuff. Like a lot of a lot of stuff that I grew up with. Um, it was a lot of like Joe Satriani, uh, John Petrucci in Dream Theater, uh, Steve Vai, all that kind of stuff. But then also like he just had a huge collection of CDs um, that I would just go through and take like home with me because like my, my parents split up when I was young. So when I went to visit him on the weekends, I would just like take however many CDs. Sometimes it's like garbage bags full and just like bring them home, <laughs> dump them on my computer and then just like listen away. Nice. Hell yeah. What a, yeah. what a sick resource. Yeah. Um, so, and now, what about musical instruments? How, how young? Uh, does that start at a young age? or? Yeah, I want to say I was in like fourth or fifth grade, and you're probably like, what, like nine, ten years old? I kind of lost track. So, I've been, I've been at it a little while. All right. For, what was the first instrument? So my dad got me like one of those like shitty starter guitars. It's like a Brownsville. I still have it, funny enough. Um, but then maybe like a year later, he got me uh, like a used BC Rich Warlock that was just hanging on the used section at Guitar Center, which I also still have. And I use that a lot. Um, oh, yeah. 
And then soon after that, uh, I got an Epiphone Les Paul Jr., which I also still have, but I don't use it. You still use the Warlock pretty regularly? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that That's like a... That's like, I, I don't use it for shows or anything, but like I, I've recorded like a couple like incomplete projects with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of half-ass shopping for one right now, so it's good to hear. You know, they say, hold up. Yeah, dude, it, I, it's like a, it's funny. It's, it, it's like a, it's a platinum series, and I, I don't remember what year it's from. I want to say it was from like the '90s, early 2000s, but like it's still sick, and I think he got it for like 50 bucks. So it's a win-win. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I would like you know, <clears throat> uh, as a as a young teen, like you know, looking into guitar, you have that, uh, and, and you're listening to metal and stuff. There's like those two roads you can go down where you get the, like that Strat starter kit or that like Warlock starter kit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I always regret not going the Warlock route and getting the Strat because fuck, <laughs> butter, butterfly effect type things. But you never know. Some yeah. parents might, you know, you tell them that you want the warlock, and they go, "Maybe you're not ready for guitar." You know, that's very pointy. <laughs> it's too pointy. It's too dangerous. Let's you're gonna you hurt yourself. Nice around. All right, you, yeah. Yeah, you can get the warlock, but you gotta like go to church like a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta put out put out your eye with that. <laughs> so, uh, any any lessons, or you just teach yourself? So in the beginning, um, my dad, uh, he would like show me some things here and there. And then it just, I guess it just didn't work out. And then I was just like kind of finding my own way. But it's funny because like usually when people start up with like an instrument, like they'll learn other songs while like learning basic like theory or like finger exercises. I just like noodled around and figured out what sounded good to me and then I didn't take real lessons until maybe my junior year of high school and I did that for a year but then stopped because my senior year I had like this big paper to do like every in, in my high school like everyone had to do this giant paper and that took up a lot of my time so I wasn't really playing guitar as much so it wasn't it was pointless taking lessons still huh. oh, okay a uh, little, little basis though um get to get you rolling uh, yeah now you you know we you talk about rock and roll gas station studio which you know uh uh we we've talked to sam sherrick uh people might remember we did a whole wrestling episode with him quite some time ago um and we talked about him and kind of his his you know come up to that point in the long island scene you and him it's safe to say are kind of part of a a crew of people a circle of friends that revolve around that rock and roll gas station studio area right that are in a number of projects that's safe to say right yeah like sam and i we like a lot of the same shit honestly like everyone everyone in our like group of friends we all like the same shit and it kind of all it all happened perfect it was like a perfect storm because sam and eric knew each other for a while and and then um when i met eric and i realized that he lived so close to me we became friends. I started hanging out here more, and then uh, kind of just took off from there. Okay, because right, the reason I ask is because um, you know we covered uh, uh, you coming up. Your, your dad is obviously a big part of you getting into music, and, and even with the guitar and all that. I wanted to know when you start um, meeting some of these people that are now like really uh, a big part of your, your musical life. You know, all, all these guys. Like, do you meet those guys in high school? Are you from the same town as any of them, or anything like that? 
So the way I met Sam was um, my my friend Doug, who I've known probably like over 10 years at this point. And then when he, he went to Oneonta for college and so did Sam. And then they met at Oneonta. And then I remember the first time I went up to visit and just hang out for the weekend, um, we stayed at, or I, I should say, I stayed at uh, uh, the, the house that Sam was living in. Um, it was called Cop Friend. We they had shows there, and uh, it was that that was like a big part of like my um, how do I say like evolution on shows. Even though I had been going to local shows, but to get back to the point, like Doug was like my entryway to meeting Sam, and then my entryway to meeting Eric, who funny enough lives by me, but I didn't know him until uh, I went up there and met Sam. So uh, yeah, the the. the that's pretty much the best way to put it. Okay, great. I'm glad you brought up Cop Frat because just just to frame this all, like from my perspective, um, I'd say around 2011, 2012, I kind of stepped back into the local underground scene on Long Island a lot more than I had been for a few years before that. I had a lot going on and I was in a position at that point with Artificial Brain and with the revamped Buckshot lineup and other things to where I started uh, networking and meeting a lot of like you and a lot of your friends and a lot of the younger people, um, uh, I, I, you know, I say who are maybe like uh, in your age range on Long Island working in the scene. I met a lot of you guys around 2012 and forward from that. And mm -hmm. I remember maybe, or, you know, roughly around that time, maybe a, a year or two later, but that was when Cop Frat was really going on, like, like 13, 14, right? Is that right? Uh, maybe a little bit I'm later. a little hazy. I'm a little hazy on the year, but I want to definitely. I can kind of confidently say at least 2014. Um, yeah. Yep. I, I I had been going up there. I think around the time they had started having shows, so I, I wanted to say 2014 because I also think that's the year Blame God started. It might have been 2014 mm -hmm. or 2015. Um, but yeah, so some something around those lines. Okay, all right. Yeah, the, the, whole, the whole point being, I unfortunately, I never got to get up there and go to a show with Cop Frat, but I remember Thetis, I believe, played there. Uh, yeah, they played their show like, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, there was, there's, there's a, I know that place was very vital to you guys and your generation, really, of, of yeah. our local area's death metal scene and hardcore scene was that Cop Frat, and that was kind of like a local house show situation, uh, allegedly around Oneonta College, right? Yeah, and it, like oh, Cop Frat's kind of had, uh, a, I don't want to say a weird history, but it's had an interesting one for that matter because it's had like set us like a few different generations, let's call it. Because like when Sam and Jordan, uh, Blame God's old singer, when they owned the house and then they graduated, um, these two people we, we were friends with, they took over for like a year, I want to say, and then when, um, when Doug was probably like a junior or senior. I don't really know how housing situations work in college, so I'm just gonna spitball and say junior year. Doug and uh, our friend John took it over, and then that's when they started having like more like hardcore like metal shows. Okay, and, and we should say this is all allegedly. This this is all this is a comedy show. Uh, just because yes. we're dealing with we're dealing with a how yeah, house shows and all these sort of things that crazy people do, allegedly. But okay. um all right, so the, the, but I wanted to get into that a little bit because you know these house shows uh, that that I heard about going on and all that sort of thing. 
Uh, I know they were really important. Thetis' first show. I know Blame God kind of comes out of there. Um, yeah. And, and that gets us into this localized scene. I, I met Eric a few years ago when him and some of you guys were remodeling that part of the, uh, the building to be the rock and roll gas station that you have now today. Yep. It's funny because... Um, so rock and roll to give a little bit of a history that i that i at least know of so rock and roll gas station like i i don't know if you've seen like photos or videos of it now because i don't know if you've seen any of the live sessions we've done but what it used to be it used to be like a little corner that was sanctioned off just for the studio in eric's basement and then like the rest of the basement was like a typical basement storage had like the washer and dryer all that shit um, and then in like 20, uh, I want to say 2017 or 2018, we started like taking, like cleaning it out, demolishing the walls. And then, um, over, over a period of time, he was like hiring some contractor friends that he knew to like help build the foundation, get all the wiring set up. Um, all, all like the partitions for like the live room, the vocal booth, the, the control room, which is where I'm at right now. Um, it was a really cool process to see because I remember Blame God recorded our first EP, Strategically Confined, in that small little corner, and then seeing it now as like like a sick like home studio, it's really fucking cool. And like I I'm I'm glad to have been some kind of part in it. Hell yeah! And and we hope to talk to Eric and and uh, other people from your you know we we kind of. Uh, we interview one person, then we kind of go around and maybe get some other people from your area later on. So, um, but we're glad to have you, Mark. And uh, you know, talking about that cop frat, when, when it comes to like uh, real DIY shows, underground shows, let's reminisce a little bit because I never got to go there. I but over the years, I allegedly got to go to plenty of DIY house shows and stuff like that. That's always one of my favorite environments to perform at. Um, what what are some like recollections of yours? Any anything uh, uh, like well, I mean, first of all, you got your kind of like train wreck nights that always happen at those type of places, but then you got your really cool, amazing nights. Like what like like mem- right off the bat, good and bad memories. So, the only times I really went up there for for the alleged shows was for ones <laughs> that like Blame God was playing. Um, I I went up there once or twice for a show just to hang out because. Uh, one time, allegedly, Dow played down there, and I went up there to chill, and uh, it was, that was a lot of fun. It was really cool seeing them down there. Um, probably my one of my favorite shows, alleged shows, I should say, was uh, Primitive Man at Bellwitch. That was Sick. really fucking cool. And uh, Sick. that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, there was there was like a couple of like quote-unquote issues but they were mitigated easily and I, I i like to think everyone had a good as far as like bad things that happened there might have been like a couple fights here and there but like that's it, it's just show what do you expect it straight yeah, you don't have a good time without a fight every yeah time, man. it happens yeah like what, what's a, what's a show without yeah. a brawl you know what i mean <laughs> <Very true. laughs> now um we I also talked to you before, you know, I remember seeing you around a lot as, because again, you know, and I say respectfully, you got, because you guys are younger than me, but I don't say that to diminish any of your work, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no spring chicken, you know, that, that doesn't mean you guys are young because you're younger than me um, when I say that, but I remember you guys as kind of being the next generation coming up after, you know, me and some of my peers, 
And I remember seeing you around at a lot of those shows with a, with cameras, to, uh, um, uh, being a photographer uh, at Long Island and New York area shows for like, what, probably five years or so? Um, I've been doing it since, I remember the date to the T, October 9th, 2014. And okay. I, I, I actually, it might be, it might be eight, the 8th or the 10th, but I know it was around that weekend. Um, and that show, it was uh, uh, Cryptodira, Johnny Booth, and Death Heaven at Revolution. And then from there, I was like, yeah, I want to do this for a while. Whether whether it was going to be like some sort of occupation or a hobby, whatever, I just wanted to do it. Well, uh, Justin, maybe you could uh, pry Mark's brain a bit because you've been doing photos for a long time. It's a very foreign world to me. I mean, I love looking at them and stuff, but I don't know shit about a camera in the day. Yeah, I did photography back in the day. It was my uh, major in college, if you will. But um, I mean... I never, I never went too far into taking pictures at shows. I mean, I think mm. it's, uh, but oh, there's something to be said about it. It's like, what made you like, I guess, to continue going to shows, working instead of just standing there and enjoying it. Um, it was like an amalgamation of things, honestly, because like, I've been, I've been going to shows for a, a good while. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even know how many years. But what really kind of got me wanting to do it. I remember I met um, this guy Derek Soto, and he—I'd seen him at a bunch of shows in the city, and then like he was just like he somehow like knew everyone, or kind of like was charismatic enough that he like act like he knew everyone and would just like chat everyone up. And I thought, yeah. I thought that was really—I cool. I know Derek. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's a fucking man. I love him. I miss him. I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a while. But, um, hey, you, you just make me miss shows ten times more by bringing that guy. That yeah, that guy's just got the energy. Shout to Derek. Oh, All right, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I remember like I met him. Uh, we just became friends. I would see him at shows a lot in the city. And then th- there wasn't really like a, a motive, like oh, I want to do this because of X. It was just like I I I had met photographers in the scene over time, and I was like, you know what? I like photography. I have a camera. I'm gonna dabble in this and just see where it goes. So like, there was no, there was no ultimatum in mind. I was just like, you know what? I just want to experiment. And, and, and it's it's been a really fucking cool process or uh, uh, situation, so to speak. Yeah, that's that's like the most pure reason to do it because it's fun, you know. Yeah, literally. Like I had zero intentions of like making it or like any literally any time someone has recognized me from like a photo i've taken i'm just taken aback every time i'm just like really you you what you like that (laughs) amazing did uh did any bands ask you to take like their promo pictures or you ever do some five guys in the line in a dark smoky alley kind of deals i've done a few i've done the the most recent one you know what like doing doing like choreographed or like setups like that i'm i'm so awkward with that like i don't even know where to begin and like it's funny because like i don't ever think about promo photos so like i don't even know what i would want to i don't even know what i would wear where to go like how the band should stand whatever but i've done one for false gods i did that probably like two years ago something like that um there's probably others. Oh, there was a band. Um, there's an old Long Island prog band called Consonants, and I remember they asked me to do it, and I was just like, "All right, I'll, yeah, I'll do it." Because I'm, I'm friends with those guys, so why not? Like some experience. It went. 
I can, I can say that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, take your hand out of your pocket a little more. Okay, cool. All right. Take that thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, like, you know what it is? Like, looking back, you kind of need those, like, awkward experiences to really, like, grow as an artist of any kind. So oh, I kind of, I, I look at those moments and I'm just like, you know what? Don't do that. Or, like, say this a little better and, like, give better direction. But even then, yeah. like, I'm still, I, like, just spectator more than like telling someone how to pose does that make sense of course yeah it's uh the 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 more natural the more candid the shot i think the better um yeah yeah that's exactly it um do you have any uh any horror stories of gear being broken or anything anything like at a show do you ever get like spin kicked in the lens so to speak (laughs) no i have been i i don't know how i have been so fucking lucky except this only only time I can think of, um, guy played with Pig Destroyer uh, in 2019, and I did double duty that night. I played the show and then also took photos because like I've I've worked with Pig Destroyer before, and uh, and I was I it's some I don't like doing double duty sometimes, but depending on the show I'll do it. But there was at one point where someone either like rushed the rushed the crowd because like I was standing in the front and it was at St. Vitus. Um, someone rushed the front and then like threw me off balance and I kind of like fell over onto the stage and then like my lens hood got uh, cracked and broke off. I don't even know where it is. And then that might have been the only casualty I've ever had and I'm very grateful that it's only the lens cap because like you can get one for like 15 bucks. Yeah, amazing. Well, not well, the lens, you know, lens hood. I the say. lens hood, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's just like, uh, you know, you know, that's like those bumpers on the new cars. They make them crushable so that, you know, and they're cheap to replace. I don't know. I don't know what the right analogy is, but <laughs> I you, know, you, you got off. Uh, yeah, light, especially a pig destroyer. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's been a Hail Mary. I can tell you that much. Definitely. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, technical question. What do you use in the shoot? Uh, so I rock a Canon 5D Mark III with a 24 to 70 lens, 2.8. And just some like cheap, like off-brand flash that's been my daily driver for a good three, four years. Awesome, man. Very capable rig. Yeah, like you can do so much. And like, I don't know, prime lenses are cool, but like, I'm not gonna just stand there and switch lenses if I want to zoom. Like, I'd rather have like a typical wide angle and then a bare minimum telephoto one, or zoom rather. So, I get the best of both worlds with the 24 to 70. And I'm always like, I'm always like in there. So the wider, the better. Of course. I, I always think like for uh, for live photography, a wide lens is just, yeah, it captures more of the action, man. It's more dynamic. My, my buddy, Sean, uh, he, he has a, a photo company called Washed Up Media. He, uh, he has a fisheye lens. And I remember before I met him, like I would always see him just like, getting in people's faces with the lens and i'm like dude they probably fucking hate that and i think i, I think i even said that to him and then he said something like oh if, like they're my friends like they don't care they they know the deal already i'm probably putting words in his mouth that probably didn't even happen but i like to think it yeah, we'll go happen. with that one <laughs> so sean if you're hearing this i'm sorry but also you're probably thinking the same thing right on man hell yeah well you know you know as uh you know you, you mentioned pulling double duty before but <clears throat> As somebody playing in a band, you know, there's no, there's nothing better than like, uh, 
after playing a show like where somebody fucking documented it and you get to go back and like watch that or, or see it you know um, yeah little little moments in time from from some something that you had a lot of fun in so uh, people fucking appreciate that shit yeah and honestly like like I said before it's still mind blowing when people recognize me from my work is like I don't know I don't really talk about it unless someone else brings it up so it's just like what you know you like you you sought me out to to say that photo was sick that's that's it's so bizarre to me but it's actually kind of cool at the same time but uh anytime it happens i'm just like oh uh thanks like i'm just stunned every time well some something i'm like um uh a little critical of like not as outspoken as i should be about it but is whatever but uh you know with with phones on uh cameras on phones getting better every year um photography is like a thing that is is kind of like not considered as much as an art as it was in the past right because uh, everybody with a uh, you know with the new iPhone is a, is taking like uh, high quality pictures that people couldn't take you know X amount of years ago but uh, wait, wait there's a, minute, a just, there's just a fucking have, art to it yeah I'm getting purist on this yeah have, have we found a way <laughs> that that you can see how I look at death metal? And recording techniques and now social media and all. We're not going to get into it now, but I think Will. you just might have seen things through Will's eyes. Will, they, Will, they're using fuck. They're using photo triggers right now, and I. I, I Thank I, you, man. They're, they're you quantizing. Know? They're quantizing these photographs. They're snapping to these curved grids. They don't even know what it is. Uh, you know. Well, you can't, I, oh. I, I think now you're starting to get a taste of, of of what life is like through my eyes when I hear something with. Uh, what is it, real drummer or whatever the program? Listen, motherfuckers uh, calling calling depth of field portrait mode. Like I can't take that shit. Like, right. Justin, <laughs> I, I gotta. Uh, I know you like hockey, so I'm gonna put you in the timeout box, the penalty box for, for a quick minute. <laughs> Ooh, he's got oh, it on deck, baby. For the list for the listeners, the second I said that, he flipped up the phone that he was using to watch a hockey game. <laughs> this entire recording. That it couldn't have been more perfect. You're in the penalty box just for that tough guy. All right, um, sounds good. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, I, I definitely hear you on. I never actually thought about that. How the photography game uh, has kind of gotten like that too. Like nowadays with the smartphones, everyone's a photographer, right? Everybody just shows. I mean, and you see it too because you see the people like like yourself, Mark, like. Um, well, not so much Frank uh, Huang because he kind of picks one spot and stays stationary in the back there at Vitus. Uh, but other photographers... I've seen him in the crowd sometimes. He, he yeah. does it very so often. Yeah, uh, my, my boy Omar um, uh, who takes photos, but they're, you know people with professional equipment who try to get to every show and know the photo deal. Uh, you see them all the time kind of el- getting elbowed out by like every every band member's girlfriend with the iPhones and, and everybody with, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's just, true. just like that, drunkly getting to the stage, I gotta take a picture! That didn't, that's something that you did not have, I mean, better or worse, I don't want to be the old guy, but you didn't have that in the 90s, man. Come on. Um, you had the little, you had the people with the little wind-up uh, throwaway camera. Well, I mean, it's Anything. like... Those um, are making a comeback, too, because like I've seen some people with a uh, with those Kodaks, and I'm just like, God damn, let's, let's go. And honestly, because like my friend Craig, um, he's he's like a very good photographer, and he was de- he was like dabbling in show photography for a little bit. He would bust out his regular like digital DSLR, I double negative digital DSLR, but whatever. And then he would bring out like one of those um, one of those uh, uh, Kodaks, and then they would both be sick. 
So like, okay. the, like analog, analog photography is still alive as well. Well, who would have thought that I would have come out of this interview having such an appreciation for photography of death? Yeah, that's uh, analog also, got, photography. 2021, <laughs> 2021, I'm getting back in the game. I'm also, once film. these venues oh, start opening oh, up yes. again, why the that's fuck it. don't they start selling those disposable cameras? Now, wouldn't that You'd be a lot think. of fun? Tom, sometimes... The time you don't hey, give man. these ideas, these ideas aren't free, Tom. Well, I'm not a venue, so <laughs> a wedding listen, I'm just doing know. every guy out there a favor. Bring your girlfriend, <laughs> give him the camera, everyone's gonna have a good time. <laughs> just, just like so many flashes <laughs> popping in this in the, in the crowd, and the band just be like, yo, we're fucking blind. Hell yeah, dude, like when Shawn Michaels do a fucking suplex off the top, like those pops of those camera pops, that's the best part. Yeah. Love it. All right. Yeah, Will. There you go, Will. Way. Keep trick, keep triggers out of photos. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, now we 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 covered the photo game a little bit. Obviously, like you said, with the pandemic, there hasn't been a lot of shows. Like everybody knows. Um, uh, is there? Do you have a social media, Instagram, or anything where people can check out your photography? Honestly, I never, I was always kind of against, not, not against, but I just didn't want the hassle of handling a separate social media for my photos. So, like, I would just post everything on my personal one. And then uh, if people want to hire me, they can get me, they can get at me through there or whatever. I have all my, like, my email set up to that. So if they want to get in touch, that's probably the best way. Okay. Um, and, and now moving on with, with Blame God, um, uh, we, we know that uh, Power and Control in 2019 is the most recent release, right? Yep. Uh, is, are you, what, what can you say about Blame God? Um, where, where's the band at? Have you been in stasis? Have you been working behind the scenes with the pandemic? Or? We've, been, we've been working on a full length. Um, we, we, were, we were working like pretty, pretty hard on it. Um, we like finished all like the important shit now we're just doing vocals but that's just taking a little bit of a longer time but also like e literally everyone in blame god has like a million other projects so like the other projects are kind of taking the front seat for now because we're just more preoccupied with that but also i don't know we're just taking a sweet time on it we don't want to rush it fair enough man and you talk about everyone's got other projects now I know you, and especially like you and Sam Sherrick, uh, uh, you know, drummer most of the time, um, in his bands uh, are involved in a lot. What can you tell us about Blame God's side projects right now that like don't really involve you or Sam? Stuff that maybe we're not going to talk about the rest of the interview. Just to plug those guys and their their projects that you're not really into. So Doug, our guitarist, and Nick, our bassist, they have like a grindy power balance band called Child Bride. They've been working on a lot of shit. Um, I they they have a full length recorded, but they might be recording some more songs, and they they're doing that with our buddy Joe. Uh, he he plays. I'll get to that in a second. So Doug and um, Doug and Nick have Child Bride. Nick has um, has another band called Funeral Dancer, and. That came after Locust Mortis broke up, and they were around a while. So Nick's got Child Bride and Funeral Dancer. I, Nick and Sam, they've been they've been like jamming here and there for some like uh, like heavy metal kind of thing. Uh, I've heard clips here and there. 
Um, Doug and I, we were starting like uh, like a droney Yezu kind of like atmospheric kind of band, but we just haven't done anything with that in a while. We might pick it up, we might not. Who knows? Okay, um, yeah, and uh, Funeral Dancer, I've actually heard behind the scenes a little bit. I'm glad those guys are moving forward with the project. Uh, and um, uh, okay, so now getting to that blame of god we kind of caught up and just for the listeners it's a long island i don't want to box it in if you like grindcore if you like power violence if you like hardcore there's definitely something in there for you um and we've talked about them on the show in the past now uh let's talk about stabbed stabbed is a, a very current project that um uh you just put out in october of 2020 uh, it was recorded at this rock and roll gas station that we've been talking about, our uh, recording studio. We, we talked about how Maggotstown Records uh, licensed the tape or whatever with the tape and sold it out recently. The album or the, the demo or the EP, whatever you want to call it, is the Fleshed by Reptiles uh, by Stab. W- what's the origin of this band Stab? And can you tell us who else is in it? The origin is Sam texted me one day saying, do you want to start a death metal band? And immediately I just said, yes. And then, like, maybe, like, that night or a week later, I just wrote, like, five, just five songs, sent them all to Sam. Um, and then we got together here at Gas Station a couple times just so, like, we can get all the all the parts down. And then maybe, like, soon after that, we, we probably met up to jam, like, three, excuse me, three times max. And then recorded the drums um recorded the guitars and then i uh i hit up kyle from this long island band uh carcosa and i was yo do you want to do vocals for this like i think it would be a perfect fit and keep in mind like we didn't have any like we just wanted to like write something and put it out as quick as possible just no no plans whatsoever so kyle was like yeah so he came to a couple like practices if you want to call it that and uh, just wrote lyrics on the fly and then recorded the EP and put it out like a couple months later. Huh. Awesome, man. And that's, you know, it sounds uh, a little off the cuff the way you talk about it, but that's how some of the most um, uh, brilliant and some of the most memorable death metal recordings come about, you know? And we talk about, we've talked about it before on the podcast, that some, some of these like hallmark death metal recordings that we talk about are like, you know the guys were teenagers you know when they were like like talking about carnage you know or, or uh, uh i don't know cl- some of the classic florida albums you know uh, look at the first death album you know what i mean uh sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be like uh months and months and months of meticulous right rewriting and sometimes it can just be from the heart and, and you know about that yeah, i mean look at the um, energy look at uh, yeah, exactly. Bob. that whole thing with with devin just yeah. going oh, into yeah. the studio like Dude, we had him like on the show and it just it was so natural like those guys just work together well and um it just happened it's funny you bring up sanguisugaba because like i feel like this is a perfect time to to plug it in so their drummer cody has uh has a gore grind project called uh, mm-hmm. putrid stew and he hit me up recently telling me that he's like free recording um drum track like just random drum clips of other like gore grind kind of shit and he's doing a sister project called um, Stupid Poo. And he asked me to like lay down some guitar tracks and then have Sam do some vocals. 
I don't know who else he's getting on it, but like I'm, that, that's it's gonna be sick when, when the final product comes out. I'm I'm happy about it. That's sick. All right, man. Sounds sounds pretty gross. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I the, the Alamar work is so silly. I can't wait. I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait for Cody to put it out. <laughs> well, l- let me and maybe maybe this is reaching a little bit, but on the topic, uh, we talked about how that 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 recording, that stabbed recording, that's um. Uh, you know, objectively, um, very uh, modern right now. You know, very uh, current. It's it's like I said, the maggot stomp uh, label itself. That's kind of a big stamp of approval that you know it's current right now in the scene. Um, it's sold out, and I know for a fact it was very popular on Bandcamp for a while. Uh, that sort of it was what was the most popular death metal thing on Bandcamp for you know a week or a week or two ago. Something yeah, like, that. like like the the day. The, the first three days of us announcing that uh, Maggot Stomp's putting out the tape, like it, it, it became like like number one on the the best new death metal album. Like the fact we were ahead of the Relapse 30th anniversary compilation album, we were ahead of like Eternal Champions' new album. It was so so bizarre because like one, we didn't even think Maggot Stomp would pick it up. Two, like. I don't know. I wrote this thing, or like we we just put it together in like a week, and then it just blew up like that. It was. It's. I'm still like flabbergasted that it. Uh, like I'm. I'm well, like this. I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? No, no, no. I'm glad and enjoy it. That sounds sick, dude. That's great. And and um, it's part of the reason uh, why I wanted to ask this because. You know, we look. You know, we talked to Scott McGrath from Maggot Stomp. We've interviewed Thetis. We've interviewed Devin from Sanguisugabog. Uh, so I don't want to beat this kind of you know thing into the ground like I'm this crazy old person that doesn't get this this caveman death metal thing. But um, you know, we talked about how it's not necessarily something that's meticulously technical and planned out, uh, redrafted, and all that. It's more about a vibe. Can I say that maybe this is something? in a generational sense like look at where uh popular music uh hip-hop in particular is uh with the younger generation people in their 20s it's not necessarily about um the lyricism or what it once what it once used to mean in the 90s or so people always say it's about the vibe now it's about the atmosphere it's about the setting that it creates with the music is there something there that translates to the caveman death metal quote-unquote sound and the idea of death metal not having to be so meticulous, sometimes it's about the vibe. Is that something that maybe I'm not getting, or that's something something that's generational? I would say that's pretty accurate, because, like, the caveman death metal, if you want to call it that, it's kind of like, it has been on the rise the last couple of years, and, like, I don't want to call it trendy, but it seems to be what people are, like, looking for right now. And, what, say that again? People like it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Them? People like it. It's you know what it is. I the way the way I put it, it's just like it's low IQ music. Like I don't want to think. <laughs> like I just want I want to hear something like heavy that makes me go. I don't know how to read. Like this is <laughs> fucking insane. And like it could be super simple or it can be like kind of methodical. But like if it's I, good, I it's would good. pose this idea of um, like this music is so big now because of the necrophagist burnout which is every band Ah, ah, like ah. really getting into epitaph rightfully so taking it next level you know five 
between five and ten years ago, whatever, that was all like we there were so many things popping off that were extremely technical, super bright. Um, every guitar player was the best guitar player in the fucking world. Like every band was better than the last. And then some of them like and I don't remember some of them and others I'm like fond about, but now it makes sense that everyone's just burnt out on that fucking shit. And here we are ha- like having fun again, in a way. Truthfully, I kind of, I don't want to say miss the boat on like the techie death battle kind of stuff. I always knew about it. Kind of bored me because like, oh, you can play really fast and like a lot of it's probably quantized and triggered. Maybe I'm just an asshole and don't know the integrity of these musicians. But like, I don't know. I kind of get bored with shred style guitars pretty, pretty easily. Maybe not easily, but like, I don't know. I kind of just never really cared about tech death at all. Like Necrophages is fine. I you'll rarely find me listening to them on my own accord. <laughs> and I, that's probably that's probably very blasphemous to say. No, Sorry. it's fine. It doesn't matter. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I think that that there's. I mean, there's something to be said about that, and uh, I'm a proponent of this too. Of just because you could play your instrument very well doesn't mean you could write really good songs. Exactly. Um, and but, like, ne- but Necrophages. <laughs> I will not deny like their legacy. I will not deny that they're a very important band. But like, I don't know. I yeah. respect what they've done. Not for me. Yeah, I, I think I, I want to piggyback off what Tom said. Where it and less the necrophages thing, but more that like despised icon uh, deathcore thing. Despised icon's fun. I like. It's funny know. how I'm going to say, oh, necrophages is whatever, but despised icon is fine. It's a really funny dichotomy. Yeah, but yeah. like. Sometimes that, you kind of need that like idiot like deathcore, just like like bounce, just nothing but bounce. Yeah, but that but Despise Icon started out as as a kind of like Montreal like tech death plus uh, hardcore beatdown type thing, and then it got so overly technical and quantized and triggered or whatever, and, and faster and faster, and a lot of bands kind of followed suit to that. So you know, uh, and because that was um, a similar sort of uh, sort of popular trend, uh, now we're now we're now we're getting down to the reptile brand. Now, yeah. all we, now all we want to do is eat and fuck, and just it's beatdowns. <laughs> real, real yeah. primal shit. Yeah. Just go, just go back to like caveman era. Just like draw, draw with like what shit or whatever. Well, on the shit, yeah, it's just shit. Yeah, it's just with your finger, just the blood <laughs> from the finger. You just scrape your hand across the rock. The rock. Just. Yeah. I, I just want to like listen to music that makes me want to do that sometimes because like. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to think when I listen to music. I want to like <clears throat> listen to music, enjoy what I'm hearing, and also maybe like do something else. Not like, oh, what the fuck did he do here? Again, <laughs> I'll, I appreciate super technical guitarists because they can play their shit. I can't shred for shit, so I probably shouldn't even be saying anything. But <laughs> I don't know. I can only take so much like for like however like five minutes. Totally understandable, man. I can only take so. Nah, five minutes is too long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I just think that there's there's something there though that um, uh, sometimes it's it's not always about the shred; it's about the energy. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is also, um, I was not so familiar with another band you've been involved with. Uh, talking about the energy, talking about um, not necessarily having to be the most technical because you're not just playing. And Blame God, which, like I said, is a hard band to key in, but it's definitely more in the extreme and in the grindcore neighborhood uh, at most of the time. And then Stabbed, like we just talked about, is, you know, it's it's brutal death metal uh, through and through. But you're also in Jab, 
Long Island yeah, I, Japan I Jeb. Last year. Jeb is sick. Well, that, that's what I, I want to that. talk about. How are like uh, is um, Casualty of Reality uh, the uh, 2020 LP? Is that your first release with them? Are you on that? No, I'm not on any recording. I can't. I joined the band like the band around the time that album came out, but that that album was already done, so I, I was not on that recording. Okay, I you know because that's the thing I did like I said to you when I first reached out to you a few weeks ago I you know I, I said Mark I want to interview you but what bands are you in because you know I know Blame God I know Stabbed but I know like you you and your crew of guys you, you do a lot of projects which is great you know you know me me and a lot of my friends were involved in different stuff that's how you gotta do it uh, but I checked out Jab for the first time when you told me that and uh, I really enjoyed that Casualty of Reality uh, album. Um, being pretty much for the, at this point a lifelong fan uh, of Neglect, classic legendary Long Island hardcore band Neglect, I had to notice some uh, inspiration, I, I guess I'll say, in Jab, um, maybe from that sound and maybe even from tension. Uh, is that is that fair to say? I would say so. Honestly, like I I wasn't there for the writing process. I don't like I don't know a whole lot of what the jab guys listen to outside of hardcore so I, I guess that would be fair to say and truthfully a lot of the songwriting if not all of it is done by our guitarist Matt and our drummer Chris they do all the writing so I just I just learn the songs and I play them yeah fair enough I know you're kind of the, the new guy on, on that um, project are those guys would we know them from any other Long Island bands or anything else from the from the past or so um, our bassist Ron, he's in Hangman. He plays drums for them. Um, Which didn't Hangman? Aren't they the guys that had the release that had Brian from Neglect guest on it? Uh, so, uh, I Maybe I got that crossed. I think I could be very wrong on this. I think Brian is on the album, but I don't think. Maybe, maybe I don't even I don't even know if I was at the record release. Um, maybe I, I truthfully I don't I don't know okay. or remember. Yeah, I, well, I do remember there being some sort of like correlation between uh, Brian from Nickelback and Hangman. I can't remember what it is specifically. He's on a track. Uh, That's that, what I thought. Yeah, yeah. he's okay. on a track. Tom, Tom, I was right about that. So drop an air horn here because uh, otherwise hey, you got it. In all of this out. Um, okay. Okay. See, no, that's just to show you that that Uncle Buck keeps up on the, the young Long Island hardcore scene. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm flexing right now just because I'm glad I knew that uh, because I'm normally out of touch with what's going on. But no, that's sick. Uh, uh, great band, Hangman, and um, like I said, Jab. I didn't realize uh, you know what's going on until you um, said, "Hey, I'm in this band, Jab," and I checked out the record. Uh, yeah, now, yeah, and not to say they're derivative. I think they have a, they're a great band with an identity their own. But um, for fans of neglect and even fans of tension, some of that classic Suffolk County hardcore uh, that's of a really brutal, down to earth mindset, um, uh, Jab really hit home with me. And there's enough musicality too to where it's not totally stripped down punk rock style hardcore. There's a lot of interesting uh, stuff going on there. A lot of moving parts there. It honestly, like joining Jab, definitely made me a better musician. In that, like the way Matt writes his riffs, I'm just like, what the fuck? Is, what the fuck goes through your brain when you do these weird ass patterns? And I was like, how do I do this? But it's been fun. It's been a fun challenge for me, and I like to I like to think I've been doing good enough that they're keeping me uh, keeping me aboard. 
Uh, hell yeah, man. Yeah, so I, I just want to talk about that quickly and definitely plug that uh, for the listeners because, you know, I was really excited. I, you know, obviously I'm a death metal grindcore guy from back in the day, but um, Neglect, uh, you know, we've talked about it on the show, had a lot of history uh, in my town, in my part of Long Island. We had the guys from Tension on a few months ago, and um, I don't necessarily, maybe it's because I'm a little out of touch, but I don't necessarily hear that sound. Uh, being done justice like I do with that jab album. The Casualty of Reality is available on vinyl and cassette, which I also, you guys know me, I love that. Uh, You go on their band camp and check it out if you want. Um, And uh, we talked a little bit before we we got started about Exsanguinated, which um, maybe you want to hype that upcoming news and explain what's going on with that band Exsanguinated. So, Exsanguinated is four-fifths four of Stab. Um, it's me on bass, and I, I joined like three weeks ago simply just by saying, hey, do you guys need a bassist? I'll do it. Um, Sam on drums, Kyle, who sings for Stab, on guitar, and then Andrew, who's also in Carcosa, and Stab, plays guitar. And as of right now, I don't know... I don't know if Kyle's just going to do vocals on the recording or if we're going to find somebody, but for right now, it's just us four. Okay, and we should say, too, shout to Carcosa, uh, yes. Long Island-based, um, uh, you want to say hardcore, deathcore, death metal-influenced hardcore, hardcore-influenced death metal, whatever way you want to dice it up. Um, another great Long Island band uh, uh, that uh, people listening to this conversation should check out. Um, we got to talk to uh, one of those guys eventually. T- uh, Tim is still in Carcosa, right? Yeah, yeah. Every, course, everyone, yeah. everyone that you think is in Carcosa is actually no. Well, they recently got uh, a second guitarist, Tom. He was in a band called uh, um, Sigil, and there's another one that I'm um, Servant. Servant. He was he was okay. in that band. I think they're still doing things. Um, but I've heard the new Carcosa stuff, and it, with Tom on it, and Jesus Christ, it's easily some of their best material. Same. All right, we'll, we'll definitely keep all your, our ears out. We got to reach out to... Yeah, and I only ask about Tim because he's just the, the only member that I've really, like, uh, been introduced to and know kind of from seeing around a lot, you know, uh, so to speak. Shout, um, out, to, shout out to Danny, uh, new father. Yeah. Uh, daddy. yeah we, we all know select members of that band. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, shout out to Carcosa. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to bring that up because exsanguinated is something people can look out for. If it's four-fifths of stab, that still means that you guys uh, might sell out four-fifths of the tapes when they come out, you know, so it's all good. Uh, <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, that would be fucking sick. Um, uh, and the other thing I want to bring up, available on Bandcamp, is, uh, a, should I say a project or a band, um, NYC Shootout. That's a band. We, we have regular practices. Okay. And, uh, uh, and yeah, that, uh, no, what were we going to say? Uh, yeah, t- t- talk about it. Uh, what's going on with that? Um, NYC Shootout was just like an idea that uh, Blame God's old singer had. Uh, it was originally like Sam, Jordan, and Doug, and then like I somehow got in the fold. I mean, maybe he even just included me at the time. Um, we originally <laughs> the one show we played uh it was like a joke it was like impromptu like beat down breakdowns only set at cop frat and uh and that was it and then 
after after Doug graduated college and came back down, we actually started writing shit. I think probably like I think we wrote that EP last year or the year before, and then just put it out. So like those those songs were all new. Like we didn't have that before. And then now we're just writing and recording, or not recording yet, but we will soon. Okay, and that's like a really tough kind of uh, in-your-face um, uh, New York, Long Island hardcore type of type of uh, band. Uh, yeah, we. It's, it's, it's a lot of people have been saying it's it's just like E-town concrete kind of stuff, <laughs> and uh, I, I guess it's accurate. But like <laughs> the new stuff we've been writing. <laughs> We, the way I put it, it's just like NYC Shootout has no rules. So like we'll write hardcore songs, and then we'll also write like other not hardcore songs. I don't want to give away too much because I want people to listen to it and be like, why did they do this? And also, this is sick. But <laughs> I'm really, I'm really stoked on what we're writing right now. Okay, so we'll keep an eye out for that. And if people want to look up NYC Shootout on Bandcamp. Um, you know, I, I, I admit I'm a little out of touch. What's I know you were doing something that benefited Shakers, a local Long Island bar uh, slash club that was having a lot of underground shows for us the last few years. What's the status of Shakers? <laughs> well, <laughs> after that all went down, uh, they as oh. far as I know, they haven't been doing shows, but like they're, they're still afloat. I, I, I hope they pull through at the end of this pandemic. Um, they're, they're still operating as like a regular bar. So as, as far as I know, they're still doing well. Okay. Yeah. That, that's an uh, important place to the, the underground scene out here on Long Island, man. All the way out East, man. People, uh, sometimes people from out of town get a little shook when they, when they pull up out of sh- Shakers, but it's all good. We always had a good time out there, man. Hope to it, it looks sketchy. That means it's a good place. <laughs> uh, that's honestly, that's my rule of thumb for touring, but, um, uh, it's all good. So. You know, we talked about that. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about your other projects that have been going on. Obviously, stabbed, uh, defleshed by reptiles, and getting a lot of heat lately out there. Uh, we want to want to hype that. We want to ride that hype a little bit here on Heavy Home Podcast. Uh, we want to steal a little bit of that thunder. Um, hey man, so, take it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Mark, and like I said to you, you know, we'll um, we had Sam Sherrick, uh, uh, your drummer, for uh, you know a lot of your projects. Uh, on uh, a long time ago talking about wrestling mark are you involved in the wrestling uh, stuff at all no i was never into wrestling um but when i was younger uh and i would go to my dad's house he had a ps2 uh for me to play when i was there and like he he had um uh wwe versus smackdown raw if that's what it's called smackdown versus that. raw yeah yeah, yeah that <laughs> uh, See that—that's how—that's how much I don't know about wrestling. Um, your, da- your dad sounds I, awesome, by the way. He doesn't uh, even. Uh, well, as far as I know, he doesn't know about wrestling. I, maybe, maybe he does. I don't know. Never asked him about it. Um, but other than that, like, I never gave a shit about it until I met Sam and I realized I found out like he loves that shit. Um, I, I only know as much as I do, which is not a lot, only because every time like we all hang out, Sam one way or another gets a hold of the keyboard and just puts on wrestling compilations on YouTube. And I don't know, it's fine. I don't really feel one way or the other about it. It's just, it exists and it makes people happy. So good for him. All right. Well, maybe, maybe I, I thought about I thought that because I know you do, don't, don't you, uh, you lift or you, um, uh, you, you do deadlifts, power lifts. What do you do there? 
I would say I'm a powerlifter, but I don't follow like I don't follow the whole powerlifting community. I just do my own thing. I just follow a powerlifting routine, and I eat like dog shit and hit I lift heavy weights. So <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think you just gave a lot more street cred to Stab and Jab say. and Flame God. All your bands by saying that. That's, uh, so that's all, the so stamped bio. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the stamped bio. Uh, well, wait, yo, I just thought of something, man. Which, which one of your bands was, was it? NYC Shootout uh, that had uh, what's in the picture of the bio? It's just like some dude in a trench coat, the Glizzy God, or something like that. <laughs> Come on, I had to call you out on it, man. So, <laughs> that's uh, that's our singer Chris, who's the the Glizzy Gladiator. And uh, <laughs> that was taken. Um, Shakers had a show uh, in August, and yeah, was it irresponsible? Sure, but like the way the way we see it is that like it was a it was a venue that's trying to stay afloat, and like as far as I know, they weren't getting any sort of government aid, so like they just wanted to do something to generate some kind of revenue, and like. We very much appreciate Shakers because, like, they've had a lot of our shows. It's it's like a, it's a staple to us. So they had there was a whole bunch of like rules and parameters that were set, which, contrary to popular belief, all of those were met. Like masks were required. People, most people wore them. Um, you had to buy food in order to stay in the venue. Like they did sell food. They sold hot dogs, but everyone the the whole like meme when word got out was like. Oh, you have to buy a glizzy to stay inside. That's so stupid. But like, I don't know. They have to make money, and we we saw an opportunity to help a venue that we hold near and dear to our heart. Um, excuse me. And then everyone had to stay in, stay inside, which people did. Except obviously, if you're a band, you get the load gear in and out. But yeah. So then going back to that photo, that was just taken on like an iPhone, probably by like Sam, and then just put the Glizzy Gladiator. So that's just our photo on uh, on Bandcamp. <laughs> All right. I had because when I looked it up, I had to wonder what was going on. It's, I knew it was a Shaker. I've seen some interesting characters in and out of Shaker's parking lot, man. Some who weren't oh, even coming. Yes. There was the guy with the All American car a year or two ago, and he blasted Kid Rock. He had American flags all over his oh, I might have car. Seen that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. It's my father. <laughs> It sounds what? that's that sounds like a guy I see at work sometimes. That he'll he'll pull into the parking lot at my job. He's got a PT cruiser just like decked out in like pro America stuff with two giant flags hanging from his windows. And I'm just like, hell yeah, brother, let's go. It's a, <laughs> I think it, that's the freedom isn't free uh, PT cruiser, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Wait, there you go. Shout 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 to Long Island and. You know, yeah, you know, I, I I saw Shakers with with that show. I'm, you know, I saw they were following different uh, um, uh, restrictions and stuff, man. I, I mean, I, you know, Nika selling a hot dog so somebody can st- sit in the venue and play hardcore music. I don't think is the um, the real enemy here that, that we have to be awake to uh, as, yeah. as citizens hey, in the you, pandemic. You were, they were now, selling food, um, so Cuomo's not coming after you. You're fine. It doesn't matter. Exactly, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. literally every parameter was met. Like, capacity, and like, we met that capacity. As like, I think there was probably fifty people allowed in the bar, and there were fifty people there. Um, as far as I know, no one got the virus, and I lived to tell the tale. So I guess we were fine. Um, like I said, 
Was it a little irresponsible? Sure, but like a venue that we appreciate was like, what they were like in some sort of trouble, and we just figured. Okay, to so help there's a lot capacity. of mental gymnastics I, justifying doing the show. Selling alcohol is a little irresponsible. So you know, if you want to take a look, yeah, like, sure. Is it really? No, it's a good thing, man. You're supporting a venue, yep. and I'm yeah. not sure that once you go into like Oakdale. Hatchog, Mastic, Shirley, that's technically under the United States jurisdiction. That they're like their own thing. It's like it's like it's like a pirate island. If if Long Island was ever to break off to be a fifty first state, it would be fifty two states. The fifty second being the Mastic, Shirley, Oakdale, Hatchog area. Like they would just be so detached yeah. from like yeah. Eastern Suffolk and or rest of Western Suffolk and Nassau. And I say that respectfully to all those people totally because I would never tell them or their bars what type of hot dogs to sell to who. It's their business. <laughs> um, shout to Shakers. I hope to yeah, perform I, there ever again. I, I love Shakers. I've been I've been to and played many shows at Shakers, and that's a very important place. Like me, the yeah. Bone God guys. Oh yeah, dude. Shout yeah, to Sunrise I, Highway just in case. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I know. I don't know if the bartenders are uh, working their way through, through undergrad and all that stuff, but they're still good people, all right? They, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to take shots at, at, at Brooklyn right now. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to take shots at the hipsters. We're, try, we're trying to be unified with the hipsters right now. Everything's crazy. We're well, one island. One island. Okay. All right. I'm, uh, uh, I got to reel back the salt. We're not part of Long Island. Fuck off. Okay, um, so Mark Valentino, uh, we talked about your bands. Um, we got we got into a lengthy discussion right there about about East Suffolk that I enjoy. I always love when that comes up. A shout out to our listeners out. I know we've we've got we've actually had a few listeners over the years uh, get in touch saying I'm from Mastic Shirley and I don't mind keep it up. Uh, so we'll talk our shit. Uh, and shout out to my homie Sal from Buckshot Facelift. That's why we always bring it up originally because he's from that area um, and he's representative of the water. <laughs> whatever is out there so so moving on though mark um uh you know we talked about um blame god you said there's some stuff bubbling up maybe but everyone's working on stuff with the other projects uh people can look out for the stabbed exsanguinated uh split release that's going to be coming out right yeah we don't have there's literally no set date there's gonna there's not gonna be any sort of announcement as far as i know we're just gonna put it out when we record it and feel like putting it out Sweet. And, and and anything else, uh, any other projects I failed to bring up, any other recordings you want to plug, anything else going on uh, uh, that you want to talk about? Um, nothing. We, we touched on everything that I'm actively doing right now. I have, like, some, some a couple different, like, black metal projects I've just been recording here and there. I don't know when I'll put that out. Uh, okay. Well, what's, what's, what's your lineups like? Who are you working with on these alleged black metals? It's just me and my laptop. I'm just writing all this shit in my room. Um, That's the truest way to do black metal is by yourself. Yeah, because it's just like, I don't know. I was uh, like one of like the biggest like extreme genres that I got into at a, like, a young age was black metal. So like I've always wanted to do that kind of shit. And now that I have all like the resources to do it, I'm just doing it. That's really the simplest way. Yeah, man. So, sounds good, Mark. So. 
Um, and we'll we'll keep our ears peeled uh, uh, for that and for any other projects you got going on. All of your bands we talked about are available on Bandcamp, and you can look up different stuff. You can look up Blame God uh, performances uh, on YouTube through the years. Um, unfortunately, it might be a little bit before we see Stab perform live. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, that being said, sorry, I'm burping. I, I'm just to be uh, I'm leaving it on the table. Uh, that being said. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, as we always wrap up the interviews, Mark, we're going to ask you if you could recommend for us and for the listeners one classic uh, older um, album, roughly a little bit older, and one uh, newer release uh, that, that uh, you really like and you want to recommend everyone. Classic album. Right off the cuff, and it's only because I'm wearing this shirt right now, Fourth Crusade nice. by Bolt Thrower. Cause like whenever I'm whatever I'm put on the spot like that, I always just mentally freeze. So I'm just going with Fourth Crusade by Bolt Thrower. Um, yep. For for new releases, I would have to go with Ingested Filth by Mutilatred. Mutilatred is one of the best fucking bands, and I think they started in like 2009 or 2010, but they're still new in my heart. Um, they are so good. They're like a sick. They're, they're like one of the best Midwest death metal bands going right now. And and I'm very glad to call them friends because they are so good and so underappreciated. Mutilatred. I, I, I'll admit, I've seen the name around, but I got to check them out myself. All right, man. Cool. And, and both or you can't go wrong. A band that uh, they even amaze me how like every 10 years or so they inspire a different wave. Like I felt yeah. like maybe... Like, like maybe 10 years ago or so, I was thinking about Bolt Thrower and I thought about how, like, I felt like they were inspiring a lot of kind of crusty, grindy bands. Like, there was a lot of bands that were a little more crusty and punk with the black metal and the grind stuff, you know, mixed yeah. in. And I felt like Bolt Thrower was a bit. And now I see Bolt Thrower as being a huge influence on what we were talking about before, the more stripped down uh you know uh, all about the attitude death metal uh, that you see it now so it's, it's both yeah. or is just a constant and i even heard uh auntie bowman of death of uh, demolich one time tell me that both thrower was a huge inspiration behind demolich when they first started man so both or just that that you know can't go wrong with that dude um, like th- those those two demolich shows that that you uh artificial brain play with those were so fucking good i was at both uh, uh, so was I. Yeah, that was really fucking cool. I'm I'm being stupid, man. It was you know it was an honor uh, just to be doing those shows, man. Are you kidding me? That was great, man. Uh, good times, and we are. By the time this interview's come, this interview comes out, it's not a member of Demolich, but we are. We will be wading into Finland. Uh, and by the time this interview is is, re- is released, you and our and our listeners will know what I'm talking about. Um, so who knows what the future is going to hold. Uh, now, um, Mark, uh, we talked about Mutilatred, we talked about Bolt Thrower, and we talked about all of your bands. We talked about photography. Wait a minute, one thing before we let you off the hook, Long Island guy. Uh, do you fish or do you not fish? Because it's only one way or the other one. That's a good question. I don't fish currently, but I used to when I was younger. Does that still count? Does that count? Uh, that kind of that kind of makes you like the guy that's like, oh, I used to listen to grindcore when I was younger. No, I'm I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, this it's is good. good. It also means you will fish in the future when. Yeah, you you're yeah, on hiatus. That's yeah, good. Just, I'm on a lengthy you're hiatus. You're gonna be you're gonna be on the we'll, uh, we'll get you the back party the, boat that 
heavy hole rents out with all the people who have answered yes to this question. Um, yeah, exactly. We're gonna do a heavy heavy hole party boat next summer. Hopefully, everything's open. Gonna be the most um, the most bearded crew ever to show up to capture and say. Dude, I was literally just gonna bring up Capture. Like, let's rent out one of those Capture boats. That's what I'm saying. Go oh, I love it. We're going. We're we're going on the ca- the cap rod with our huge rods, and we're gonna fucking we're gonna have a day. We're gonna have a good day with it. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, look for us out there next summer. Yeah, seriously, though, that's a good idea. We should do like a charter boat thing. Uh, you know, with, with uh, guests and, and listeners and stuff like that. But um. Uh, I just had to test the waters there with you on that one, Mark. No pun intended. Uh, so we, we'll, we'll let you off the hook now. Um, I'll stop with the dad jokes. But Mark Valentino of Blame God. Uh, what, a ca- yeah. what a catch. What a catch on the podcast. <laughs> there it is. There it is. You motherfucker. All right. Mark Valentino of Blame God, Stabbed, Jab, uh, NYC Shootout, and Exsanguinated. Uh, and whatever other projects he's got coming down the pipeline. Mark, we thank you for your time. It was great talking to you and seeing you, buddy. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome, man. And we'll be in touch with some of your bandmates in the months to come and keep promoting those projects, man. I'm really excited about the uh, the upcoming uh, generation of Long Island and and some of the uh, people that are younger than me, man, uh, making music out there, man. Great to talk to you. Thank you, dude. Thank you for having me. Cheers, man. Tonight's guest, Mark Valentino. We talked about Blame God. We talked about Stabbed, uh, hot new brutal ignorant death metal band. And I say that respectfully. Uh, Jab, Long Island hardcore band that, in my opinion, is carrying forward uh, a tradition of uh, Long Island hardcore that I really appreciate. NYC Shootout, again, ignorant, brutal, check it out. And Exsanguinated, a band that we're uh, awaiting to see what's going on. Um, with an upcoming split with Stabbed. Mark Valentino, a busy guy, um, part of a young crew of different mm-hmm. musicians on Long Island um, uh, that revolves around this rock and roll gas station studio. We're going to talk to more people from that scene and get them on the horn. I, I like talking to the young people every once in a while and mixing them in because we don't just look back on the past of death metal and hardcore and all that sort of thing on this show. Uh, we try to look forward and see what the young people are doing, man. So shout out to Mark, man. Good talking. For to sure. Him. Really good chat. Yeah, great dude. Great, great bands. All the stuff. Future is bright. You know, shout out to Long Island. (laughs) Long Island in the house tonight, man. A lot of good Long Island stuff going on in the conversation. Um, And I'm going to let you guys off the hook. Since I got my fill of new Long Island music today, uh, and I did drive my uncle to the Goodwill Thrift Store today and hear Billy Joel on the radio and leave it on for him, you guys don't even have to recommend me Long Island music tonight. It could be from anywhere in the world. Just just recommend me something good, okay? All right. Shall I recommend? I'm going to go on and do it. Check it out. I got a new recommendation this week. Uh, this band is called Discord. D-I-S-K-O-R-D from yes. 
Oslo, Norway. Yes, sir. Um, yes. Yeah, band's been around for a little bit. Uh, Will, you know of them? I, I do know of them. Um, I've, I think I might have brought in one of their albums a long time ago on the podcast. If I didn't, it was definitely something I was recommending like in my personal life to bandmates and friends. Going, going back a few years ago, though, man. Um, but yeah, great, interesting uh, band. I'll let you do the talking about them, but I'm already a fan. Yeah, I'm, I was gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pick right up on that, man. Really fucking interesting band uh, from Oslo, Norway, um, but getting a lot of Finnish vibes from this. Um, uh, this is the the new song "Abnegations" from their upcoming record "Degenerator." Um, but this, you know, this band's been around since '99. Um, I think their first the first demo came came out around 2000, 2001. Um, but uh, yeah, I randomly came across this song today, and instantly started going back into their catalog. But what a what a what a in- interestingly unique band. Um, hard to kind of uh, pinpoint them into any sort of uh, genre type deal, but you know, I, you can I can't help but like you know feel some sort of demo like vibes going on with in, in the riffing a little bit, but. Uh, a lot more proggy. Uh, there's like, I hear like Gojira in this. You know what I mean? I, I even even like um, some newer bands like Horrendous. I uh, kind of hear this like uh, progression of technical death metal um, sort of thing going on, and not in like a gimmicky. You know, here's a million different parts of different genres sort of way. So we're gonna call it progressive, but but some you know a band like that's truly unique to their own sound, trying to push the genre forward. Uh, this groovy, uh, gloomy, technical death metal. Just um, th- this particular song off their new record, uh, which is the only thing we have to base their, their new, their newer stuff off of. But comparing it to at least the the, the record before, which I'm, I'm forgetting the name of right now, uh, but it, it, it sounds a little more. Um, Production-wise, at least, uh, can grow into a lot of that old-school uh, death metal stuff that's been coming out. So it's very honest kind of production. Um, uh, really showcasing the musicianship of this band. Uh, I wrote down in my notebook, "Finish Forward." I think that's pretty that funny. Fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, a, 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 a truly unique band that that has a truly uh, uh, singular to themselves sound. I think that. That's super interesting and should be paid attention to. Um, listen to this for ideas. I don't know. Uh, it's it's really really fun. I'm I'm super impressed, and uh, I'm going. To, I need I need the full spectrum of this band's uh, life uh, to, to to complete at least the thoughts that I'm I'm spewing out right now because this this hit me in a certain way. I'm I'm really feeling this. Uh, I love the originality and uh, and the creativity behind uh, behind what's going on. And, and fucking riffs, man, and then it breaks into a, you know a little bit of like some thrashy leads and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm over the moon on it. I'm over the, I'm over the I'm over the forest moon on this. I I uh, yeah I mean I, it's, they're a really great band and something I thought about them um, years ago, but now with I, I I thank you for bringing this to my attention. I didn't realize they had put out something new and had new works coming out. I just thought of them as a band that I was you know was familiar with um you know up until a few years ago uh so i'll be keeping my eyes on them now 
but especially with this new song, I always thought of them as a band that in some ways could please people from both the, what do you want to call dissonant technical metal scene that maybe yeah. is uh, uh, dysrhythmia and newer gore guts and that sort yes. of thing. Yes, but yes, also yes. this very specific scene that I kind of enjoy and I group together with bands like Morbus Cron and Horrendous mm-hmm. uh, and... and um, uh, what's like, the other band I always this, but, but you, you get the picture that yeah, uh, band, Obliteration yeah. is another band I feel like I put into that, that yeah sort of kind of very um, in, in a way progressive but also very old school uh, minded death metal yeah even um, that cryptic shift like kind of thing you know yeah, like what they're yeah. Doing. really cool stuff and um, even you know in, in the same league as a lot of really intelligent Norwegian metal uh, Norway obviously a cut above with just how they prioritize metal in their culture and uh, their mu- you know the education of their musicians. I think metal has a lot more dignity over there maybe than it does in some countries uh, um, yeah. you know like over here. Uh, so maybe that leads to maybe more forward thinking and progressive metal being a little bit uh, you know more of a, a natural product or, or a, a, a easier uh to find uh, in some ways in their culture man because mm-hmm. uh you, you could put this in league with like bands like emperor and and some of the more brilliant bands from the norwegian black metal movement and and uh, a lot of, like another th- another thing that comes to it this is the band actually i let i led myself in circles back to where my memory farted out before uh i was trying to compare horrendous and morbus cron to also the band whose t-shirt i'm wearing <laughs> and couldn't think of just now uh exec- execration from norway it's yeah. funny, I'll, I'll bring it all back because I'm trying to there sound articulate even though I'm a very stupid man. Uh, but Execration from Norway is a great band that kind of reminds me in a similar tip. I mean, they don't sound like um, Discord so much, but yeah. uh, it's it's just kind of intelligent Norwegian metal that keeps in mind how much we love the raw black and death metal elements of the old school uh, and, it, and it keeps those in mind as it progresses, as opposed to maybe your more clean and, and um, sterile technical metal. Mm-hmm. You know, Real, the, brilliant stuff, man. We, we we could talk about it all night, but people just need to check out Discord with a K from Norway. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the the uh, record I went to before this was uh, Doomscapes from 2007. Yeah, that was yeah. uh, a little like it had this very avant-garde feel to it, you know. It was a little more like um, like wild in in in, in the sort of uh, in, in the changes of styles, riff to riff. Again, without being like goofy, but there there were more chances taken. Um, yeah, and that's where I think that avant-garde kind of label fits with it. But with this new single, at least uh, from their upcoming album, it seems a little more refined, a little more focused, but. Uh, without taking away any of the creativity or that push uh, to progress. Um, and, and I think all of that together uh, over the course of the past 24 hours has really, really impressed me. And I, I can't wait to dive into the rest of it. Hell yeah. Justin, you're bringing in this Discord with these progressive roots, 
heavy metal, I am doing something very different. Echimosis. Now, Echimosis. Yeah. Uh, wow. Let's begin here. Now, there's, <laughs> there is, uh, I did the math, there's 7 billion slam releases every year. <laughs> there's, there's about Seems 50 like good ones, and only I only hear about five of those. Now your math might be a little bit off on the fifty um, good. All right, but there's forty good ones. There's five good ones. I heard them all. There's, there's eight. No, seriously. In a, in a day and age where slam is just like bedroom diarrhea for a lot of people, there's a lot of really good bands out there that get clumped into this shit. I think Echimosis is one of them. They're a band from Thailand. They've been around since 2014, and they seem to really have their shit together. Their, their album I'm talking about right now is Ritualistic Intercourse Within Abject Surrealism. So if that's not a mouthful, I don't mm. know. Um, yeah, shut up. Yeah. That's a good night. But what you got to watch out for on this album is legit groove and a snare drum that's going to make you hate every other album you listen to this year. <laughs> I love the <laughs> snare drum so much. I, I can't decide if it's Ping or if I'm going to put a ring on it. I don't know. <laughs> it's really, it's it's a really beautiful like uh, if you take everything gross in brutal death metal slam and you package it well and you give it a good snare, you get this Echimosis album. It grooves all the way through. It is ignorant. It seems that they're very aware of how ignorant it is. These are not dudes trying to pass off like some highbrow like oh you know we gotta. These dudes know exactly what they're doing. Is what I'm saying. Really. Kind of in the way that we saw Brodequin do back in the early 2000s where they brought shit to the next level. And it's hard to do nowadays because everything is just so maximized in a lot of ways. But they just do it well. Um, you're going to like the grooves in this if you're into any kind of slam whatsoever. Um, or just groovy death metal, I guess. Uh, the vocals are just soup. So, Will, I know this is kind of in your wheelhouse of, of soup metal. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> it's just a well-packaged thing that we got going on here. So, Echimosis's um, ritualistic intercourse with within abject surrealism. Please check it out. New Standard Elite 2020. They did it. There you go. I'm glad we're keeping up on the New Standard Elite scene. I'm glad yeah. you're bringing that to the, to the table. Fun label, still. dude. I'm in. Gotta stay consistent with that. Great. This makes me want to invite you guys to uh, to like a to like a summer house where we uh, record a tape and we leave one copy in the summer house and we take the other copy home. So That's the distro. The Air, what label are you guys on? Airbnb. Yeah, it's the, the the tape is a recording of me telling people where to go and find you two guys bodies <laughs> that's that's yeah. the instruction that i left in this summer house yeah, yeah instructions it's a it's a creep it's a it's a summer thriller i'm writing <laughs> <laughs> hope you guys better hope i don't finish it <laughs> it's a it's a it's a murder mystery about a guy who runs a tape label <laughs> uh listen guys 
seriously, I, you don't hang out with me. I'm planning to kill you both. That's that's great. Uh, that's great. Uh, but in the meantime, um, <laughs> I recommended, uh, you know, sometimes I go searching for like the hot new young band. Um, sometimes I go searching for the obscure, crusty little old school uh, uh, corpse of coal that's growing off of the under bottom of the shelf in the back of the fridge that nobody heard of. <laughs> Sometimes I go for the little flexy flex side project that no one knows about by some guy. Um, today I, I just said fuck it and I went for uh, Carnage oh, Dark Recollections. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, Bing Bong. Uh, you know, sorry, I took it there because. Um, and the Patreon people can find out about my, my bonus episode this month is going to be all about how I cashed out. Uh, Earache Records was having a, a dynamite sale. It might still be going on. You can check the website, but their inventory is getting lower and lower on the sale. So I missed out on a few things because people are snatching them up. They were selling this beautiful Carnage Dark Recollections um, uh, repress for uh, like $10, $10 and change. Um, and I also got a bunch of other records for really cheap. It averaged out to about $10 a record, man. Um, uh, and I had to because this album I originally owned it on CD many years ago and you know when you want to know about if death metal is brutal enough uh, you got to frame it in terms of uh, how Adam Rotella sees it because he's a gore grind sewage noise core guy I can tell you I don't think Adam would be mad at me for saying this is one of his favorite death metal albums of all time is Carnage Dark Recollections because it's just that sick and brutal um, it's, uh, you know, people, I don't know, for people who don't know, it's most of Dismember before they were Dismember, and it's Michael Amott, famous uh, metal guitarist. Um, in 1990, February of 1990, uh, you know, also recorded by uh, Thomas uh, Skogsberg um, uh, at the uh, Sunlight Studio, which went on to be very famous uh, after this. And it's just, you know, in this era where we talk about OSDM and Swedish death metal and all that sort of thing, if you really want to go back to basics, if you're maybe a younger or less engaged fan of this type of stuff that knows about Entombed, you know about At The Gates, um, if you really want to get Metal of Death on it and check out what the Raw is all about with that whole Swedish death metal phenomenon, you go back to Carnage, Dark Recollections. You could also go back to Nihilist, which is a band that had most of Entombed in it. Uh, and Johnny Headland from Unleashed, um, but but Carnage is uh, this one album, Dark Recollections. I heard that they got back together in 2019, according to the research, uh, which made me worry that they're going to ruin the whole thing with some sort of wax second album. Uh, <laughs> maybe it'll be great. Those guys are um, those guys are sick guys. I'm not trying to you know um, disrespect them or anything, but it just it's been such a perfect legacy of this one album in Swedish death metal history, Carnage, Dark Recollections. I just had to throw it at everybody. Because I've been kind of re-examining uh, it uh, lately after getting it in the mail um, for a really good price from A-Rake Records. So, uh, you know, sh- shout to um, uh, all these uh, classic death metal heroes we got on this album, uh, Carnage. And, uh, you know, definitely go back and check this one out. Even if you're somebody like me who's heard so much of this OSDM and this Swedish-inspired death metal sound stuff the last few years that maybe it's... Um, starting to seem a little saturated you go back to carnage dark recollections and it all it all makes sense again so that, that's that's uh, my take on it i know
So we talked about classics. Uh, we talked about um, uh, crazy technical Norwegian stuff. Uh, it got weird. Um, uh, Tom kept us up to date on that uh, new standard elite uh, recent issued uh, album. Um, and, and most importantly, our guest tonight, Mark Valentino, kept us up to date on what's going on right now in Long Island and in the, in the young... Uh, up and coming uh, future of extreme metal and hardcore on Long Island. We're going to keep our eyes and ears peeled for all his bands and projects that we talked about at length this evening. Shout to him. We hope we can see him taking pictures at shows too coming up, man. We hope shows come back hardcore. Um, but yeah, shout to him and the whole Long Island scene, man, and all those guys, man. We'll try to get some more people involved from that community uh, on the program. Um, until then, though, man, thanks to Mark Valentino, our guest tonight, and thanks to both of you guys. Hey, Will, thanks for uh, doing all that research and bringing Mark in. And, Justin, thanks for being you mm. and getting on that photo stuff. What? Opening up that can of uh, worms. You got to take a picture or you're going to regret it. Uh, uh. Um, and I just want to thank you guys for being my friends and being there uh, for me uh, while, while we were all in this interview. This was great. Uh, Mark, Jesus Christ, JC. JC up in the air. Thanks for being with us. Something that you could take a picture of because it's not going to last long is Heavy Hole Podcast merch. Right? Wow. Shirts are in, everyone. Limited quantities. Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, you can take a picture of it. Um, never. Uh, well, when you get it, you can buy it. Uh, heavyholepodcast.com slash shop. Uh, take a picture of it. Uh, you know, Do the hashtag uh, Heavy Hole Podcast when you take a picture of it. I don't That's not a real thing, but uh, get it if you want it. Uh, we got patches. I might throw an extra sticker from the the, the old sticker packs in there. Uh, we got T-shirts. Again, it's heavyholepodcast.com slash shop. You just need a working internet connection to get to it. Um, you could use uh, 4G or 5G as well uh, if you're not connected to Wi-Fi. Something else, if you're, if you're there, if you already got money that you're spending on us, if you already got an internet connection, you might as well go to Patreon. Uh, and put put down a couple of bucks a month and get all of our bonus content and uh, early access to our videos mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff that goes on on Patreon. Sometimes we even fill you in on who's going to be upcoming on the show, and you can ask them a question or two that we'll throw out in the interview and shout out your name. Uh, we didn't right. do it. We didn't do it tonight. But I we'll gotta do it again. say that the folk metal episode, the folk metal bonus episode that is on the Patreon for the Patreon people only, is probably one of the funnest times I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, got yeah. lots of good mm-hmm. feedback, and we've also got some people to tell us what folk we need to include in the next installment of that. And that's not coming out on the regular RSS, people. That's going to be Patreon. Oh, that's great. Will, you got anything else to add to that one? Oh, you just did it. How many strings do you need to play Slam? Let's go, let's go.